And then she disappeared. And the guy's just standing on the street. <laughs> the in guy... some small town on the Ukrainian border in Belarus. Yes, yes. Down <laughs> probably, I'm guessing he's lost $1,500 maybe approximately from this guy. One man that uh, came, that we met after such situation, he said that he already, uh, by the moment when she disappeared, he uh, gave her up to $5,000, including the ring. Experience. Welcome back to another Vodka Vodcast with me, Connor Klein. Today I'm with Galina or Halina Pinchuk. Galina Pinchuk. Okay, Galina Pinchuk uh, from a uh, lady from Belarus, marriage agency. In today's video, we're going to be discussing the differences between Belarus and Ukraine when looking for a wife. Uh, I've made a video maybe about probably about a month or two back where I actually made one another podcast. I'll link that below uh, in the description to the video and also up in a card where I actually discussed why there are no scammer dating or marriage agencies here in Belarus. And the same day, Galina actually happened to write me a message. So we've met up now in Minsk and we're going to be diving into uh, more depth in this second video. So we're going to start off. I don't have vodka today, but Galina and the staff here, they did give me some champagne. So chin chin. I need to keep buying more vodka. I need a vodka sponsor. That's a new vodka, vodka, vodka. So, uh, Galina, what would you say are the main differences when guys come to look for a wife uh, in Ukraine and Belarus in terms of the experience? Because you have a lot. How many years have you been working here in Belarus in this business? Um, my husband established the agency in 1998, so it's already tw 21 years. Uh, that the agency functions here and I joined him in 2004 so my experience like 16 years this year uh, why uh, to prefer Belarus instead of Ukraine uh, because it's the easiest way to escape from scam exactly because uh, <laughs> you know my channel I have a lot of information about scammers in particular from Ukraine not only in Ukraine I also I made a video I'll link that the course below in the description also up in the card as well now where I go into the depth about you know you, scammers are everywhere in Ukraine Russia and sometimes in Belarus but it's a lot less here so why is that Kevin why is there so little scamming in Belarus compared to Ukraine and even Russia there are several reasons why there are less scam uh, first of all uh, is uh, because of marriage agency license so here in Belarus we have different attitude to the laws and uh, the, the laws they really work and uh, in 2005 it was a rule that obliged all the marriage agencies to get marriage agency license and it's not a thing that is easily to get so all the um, underground or kitchen made agencies were uh, closed immediately because you couldn't work without a license the agencies that try to work without the license they were closed uh, immediately by uh, military by the military, by the, by the military, by the government. Um, this is the same thing in Belarus. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, yes. I have two questions. Like, how many licenses are there actually in Belarus? 
at the moment there are uh, nine valid licenses uh, in Belarus, but uh, only three or four uh, marriage agencies actually function. Okay, so if you were to go online, you're only going to come across just a couple of them basically in the entire country. Yes, and of course you will find some websites um, that uh, claim that they work in Belarus, but they have no official office. Here in Minsk, and that means that officially they cannot organize you anything. Okay, and so, so where, I, are those, where are those based? Are they based in neighboring countries or...? Yes, there are some, I don't know, maybe Canadian websites oh. or um, something from Europe, from United States. There are some sites that claim that they work with Belarus. But uh, in reality, they have only few ladies on the website and they are not the agency that functions here because to work here in Belarus, you need to have a license. Okay, and as I say in many of my videos, Belarus is a rule of law. Well, there, <laughs> there is rule of law in Belarus as opposed to Ukraine, which is very chaotic. There's a very poor rule of law tradition since independence in 1991. That basically means if you have a problem in Belarus, you can go to the police, you can go to the courts, and you can get it resolved. In Ukraine, that's extremely difficult to do, even after the revolution of Maidan, which has improved things considerably with terms to, uh, we respect the law enforcement, there's less corruption with the police and whatnot, and since they reformed that, but still it's very hard in Ukraine to go and actually do something if you have a real problem, like you get scammed and someone rips you off, it's very, very hard. But in Belarus, the police take everything very seriously. I also made another video about the time that my phone went missing, after I'd gone to the airport and actually left Belarus and the police took it really, really like a real crime and they actually tracked down my phone and found it within a few hours for me. They went through everything, the CCTV, they wanted to speak to everybody I'd met in the previous 24 hours. Basically determined to make sure that no one had gotten away with a crime and that's a very big difference between Belarus and I think most, almost anywhere else in Europe to be honest. So. <laughs> to be blunt about it. Um, so if you have a problem here, like when before we we started rolling the camera today, you told me actually about uh, a time that you had to help someone who did have an issue here in Belarus. Can you tell yeah, uh, a little um, bit more about that? We had, um, so I could say that there are no so many scam in Belarus and uh, the scammer ladies, they do not work uh, like uh, um, so in to all together so uh, as i know in odessa they work like uh all together uh, the scam ladies the scam restaurants and scam agencies here it's not possible because if you find the menu with two prices somewhere in the restaurant it uh, it's immediately you can call the police and uh, there will be huge problems with this restaurant that's uh, for sure, and that's work immediately here. It's interesting because I'll just cut across you. In Odessa, there was recently uh, in a situation where someone filmed this happening, where they had the two menus in the you know the two different languages with completely different prices, and they confronted the management. There was a huge scuffle, everything, and they posted on social media, and so many people. It caused a big scandal in Odessa. But I went back uh, uh, two months later, and the restaurant's still there, so not much happened. In Belarus, <laughs> it's vice versa. It can mm -hmm. they can close the restaurant the, that very day if they find two menus for two two different uh, 
uh, with two different prices. And uh, here uh, we uh, face very seldom this, the situations with scammers. Uh, and if we uh, met something like that, we try to help uh, uh, foreign people to, um, to find them, maybe. Uh, so here in Minsk, uh, if uh, you get scammed, you can uh, easily go to police. You can easily uh, show what you have, what the documents. And as far as I know, these cases are prosecuted. Uh, several years ago, we have a chain of uh, cases, very uh, one alike to each other. I think it was uh, the same group. Uh, as I told you, um, uh, the situation was like that. So. Uh, the man got acquainted with uh, a lady on some international website. Uh, then uh, she, there were no red flags in the communication. So she said, come to Minsk. I will be glad to meet you here. And uh, she said, uh, so come to the uh, airport. I will meet you here. Um, what um, if I uh, look at uh, the photo of this man and uh, the letters of the lady, I could uh, understand right away that it was the scam because it was always a big uh, age difference, like 30 years. Uh, and um, the difference also in the looks. So I could understand that this lady could uh, no way be interested in, in that man. So but there's definitely <laughs> the big flag was the difference. Like we talk about sometimes on my channel when I do interviews uh, that you can have a large age gap, but you cannot be unrealistic and crazy to think if you cannot meet uh, decent looking women in your hometown that suddenly uh, Miss Belarus is waiting for you here in Minsk at the airport. That's not realistic, right? Uh, you can have a, a significant age gap, but once you go over like um, 15, 20 years, then you need to be careful that it's not going to be a scam. And if you get to 30 years and it's someone on the internet. So this was not a Belarusian dating site or agency. It was uh, actually an international, it was international yeah. uh, dating site where they can easily exchange the contacts hmm. and have the direct communication. Uh, then, uh, but uh, for the man, it's very difficult to understand that he is in, in not the league the lady is in. So they uh, got the letters full of love, full of uh, patience, and of course they um, were so happy and uh, immediately in love, and they there were no other red flags. So these ladies were not asking for money. They were not asking for anything but come to Belarus, I will meet you. The other red flag that only I could uh, see, it was that all these um, cities where the lady lived in were uh, very small cities on the very border. And I- Border with where, which country? With Ukraine. Okay. Um, so there were several uh, very little cities. And um, I have big experience uh, I have seen so many thousands and thousands of women profile and looking at the photo I can estimate in which city it is made by what photography it is made and when I saw these photos uh, I could realize that they could never be made in these small cities. I suspect that they picked um, the border 
<laughs> with Ukraine to be able to leave the country because obviously, as I've already said, yeah. getting a prosecution in Ukraine or tracking someone else is going to be very hard as opposed to Belarus. So if you obviously live on the border and you're Ukrainian, then... So what happened yes. next? Uh, so the guy came here um, with a plane uh, in Minsk and there were no other way to reach the city because there were no train connection. Uh, here in Belarus, we have very good train connection and only few cities are not reachable where you have take the bus or minibus to go there. So these cities were like that. So you cannot just uh, Google the train and go okay. there. Uh, so the man arrived here. The lady was waiting for him in the taxi at the airport. And of course, the guy was very happy because he saw the real lady. Uh, that he was communicating with and uh, she came with him for the taxi. So the first red flag was when they arrived to that city and uh, the taxi turned out to be like $500. $500 just one, one way? Direction. One yes. direction. Yes. One direction. Yes. Honestly, so just to give you put this in perspective, um, the taxi out to the airport, which takes 14 minutes, cost 32, basically 32 rubles, right? So maybe 30, we'll say, so that's about $15. So in order for it to be five, how far, I mean, the border with Ukraine is how many hours? Three hours drive? Yeah, around three hours. So the real price is about $120, $150 each way. Uh, and they wanted 500 each way. Yes. Yeah, so but the, 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 this girl, is a woman has already come from her town, of, officially she's already come. Yeah. So she, uh, the man usually couldn't say, uh, so I don't want to pay because he sees the lady, he understands that she has never experienced how to go with the taxi. Maybe she says that she didn't know that it will be so expensive. I don't know. Then uh, she offered him to pay for the apartment or for the hotel. And uh, the prices were like, uh, I don't know, 50 euro per night, 90 euro per night. Uh, these prices were normal for Minsk, for a good hotel. But uh, we speak about very small city where there were maybe some rooms for rent for, I don't know, 10 dollars, mm -hmm. something like that. So the lady put the money in the pocket for taxi for uh, the apartment. Uh, sometimes even she managed uh, to buy some, she asked him to buy some food, to buy something, uh, I, I remember the pillows for the apartment. Uh, and then she suddenly said, oh, I want to go to my uh, to friend of mine. Uh, she has a cat in the house, I have to feed the cat and uh, then we'll go to your apartment. This is where, this is already in the small town that she says she lives in or this is already in Minsk? Yeah, no, at that town in where that she town. lives in. So on the border of uh, With Ukraine. Ukraine, yes. And then she disappeared. She gets out of the taxi? Yes, she gets out. It was not the same taxi ah, okay. that they came from the airport. Usually it was already another car or they were just staying there or so different situations. But the uh, issue was that she just went in to the door and then disappeared. And the guy is just standing on the street <laughs> in some small town on the Ukrainian border in Belarus. Yes. Yes. Down <laughs> probably, I'm guessing he's lost $1,500 maybe approximately from this guy. Um, so one client, uh, one man that uh, came 
that we met after such situation, he said that he already, uh, by the moment when she disappeared, he uh, gave her up to five thousand dollar including the ring it was the story because uh, usually this uh, happened to the guys from um, distant country like united states like australia mexico so usually the guys were from that countries and you understand when you fly you do not sleep well one night before the flight then you do not sleep during the flight and uh, when you come to belarus actually you are already exhausted, you have jet lag. So he said, I could do not understand anything. So what happened to me? I just uh, decided that uh, if I come here, if she's so as she was in the letters, I'm so open to her and I just gave her the ring and that's it. And after that, she disappeared. Wow, $5,000 gone. Yeah. So you helped some of these guys contact the police. What happened? What that? happened next? Uh, actually, here in Minsk, you can find uh, quite a lot of people who speak English. And uh, uh, there in that city, there's no internet and the phones, so no Google Translator. Nobody speaks English. Nobody in the police speaks English. Of course, people. Uh, so usually it takes one, two, three hours for the man to realize that something happened, that she didn't broke her leg in that <laughs> building, that she just uh, uh, went away. Yeah. And I think by that moment she already crossed the border with the Ukraine, because uh, all the cities, we put them on the map and they all were just like uh, 20 kilometers from the border. So different places, different cities. So, of course, he somehow found uh, uh, people that could help him uh, to take a uh, taxi or to take a bus to Minsk. Uh, how uh, did we know about that situation? Uh, several years ago, it was obligatory to have visa uh, to enter Belarus. And uh, uh, most of these guys, so at least five or six the guys like that, they uh, asked our agency to make a visa, of course, because the lady will not give him the private information, the passport to receive the visa. So they contacted us. They said, I'm already in contact with the lady. I just need the visa from the agency. And uh, that's uh, how we knew about that situation. We knew about five or six cases. And I think there were thousands of that because well, we can't know if there's thousands or not, but it obviously is a major, yeah. major issue. And then the police, what uh, you helped them contact the police, right? Yeah, we uh, helped uh, them to contact the police to translate uh, the, uh, the case and in general to help the man to find out because all of them, of course, they were frustrated and... Uh, and the police, is there anything they can do? This seems like a situation where probably the perpetrators are not Belarusian probably, they're probably Ukrainians from across the border and yeah. they know if they commit the crime there and then escape. Okay, you reported in Belarus, nothing's going to happen on the Ukrainian side unless, yeah, if they, conti unless they, they continue to do it and there's a sting operation. Yeah, well. because uh, in that cities where it happened, uh, nobody have ever seen this person. There were very small cities and nobody have seen these persons. After that, when we got uh, 
some uh, we understood the red flags um, that uh, uh, could show could point on that situation if the guy asked just for visa the our agency we um, asked with whom he is communicating where do they meet uh, where so how everything is organized and we managed to save like uh, three guys from ex that exact situation wow. when Seems the lady yeah when the lady understood that no the, i think it's not just the lady i think it's the crime criminal organization and the lady is just on the top of this iceberg uh, when uh, they understood that uh, uh, somebody supports man, when somebody makes him think, make, makes him sleep at least one night in Minsk to overcome jet lag and uh, to have clear head, then they just disappeared and stopped to communicate anyway. Okay, so once the probable scammers discovered that he was going to stay overnight in Minsk, maybe travel down to Gomo and then meet her in Gomo, which obviously yeah. you cannot ask a $500 taxi fee for. Uh, well, you could, but you know, <laughs> it's not very far from yeah. from where the town is supposed to, where she's supposed to live. Then they just stopped communicating yeah. at all. They just stopped the correspondence. So obviously scam. Yeah. So that's interesting. So this was the main scam that was going on. It was not using a Belarusian marriage agency side or dating side. It's an international one or basically a Ukrainian one. Uh, and then they were saying that meet the girl in Minsk uh, because she lives in a small town on the border. So you've been warned. If you ever hear that, be very careful if uh, someone claims to be from a small town on the border <laughs> with Ukraine and that you need to take a taxi all the way out to their town. There's no train connections. One of those few cities in the entire country. So it's important to point out that we're not saying that all Ukrainian dating sites and marriage agencies are scams per se. Um, I have done one or two collaborations with uh, some agencies that actually you're familiar with as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they work perfectly fine. But it's just that if you were to Google marriage agency or dating site, Adessa, Adessa Mama, you're going to see. I remember when I did this before, there were like over a hundred of them. And the vast majority of those, if you start to look at how they make money, it's very clear that it's highly likely to be a scam site, right? Yeah, of, of course. So, so maybe you could explain a little bit about what's the difference between how marriage agencies or dating sites or matchmaking brokers make money in Belarus versus what happens with scammers. We're not talking about the bad ones. I'm going to actually link the good ones that I've already done some collaborations with below their videos in the description as well. Uh, I can explain in that way. For example, uh, if, the, uh, if now in Belarus there are three or four agencies working, uh, we can work uh, on our terms. We are almost monopolist here. I mean that we have lots of the ladies at our database. It's more than 1000 ladies. There is not so much competition and we can afford ourselves to work honestly. So when um, I came to the agency, um, I understood that uh, I don't want to, to work with uh, so-called models so very beautiful ladies that we should uh, uh, wait for them three four hours to come to the meetings and i said if you are interested to get acquainted with the foreign men please come to the agency we make the meeting here at the agency we'll see how the chemistry works between you 
And then if you like each other, okay, just exchange your contacts and keep on the communication. And that uh, was really the best decision because uh, now we have the best um, rate, uh, how to say, so we have uh, at the moment more than 1,300 couples created wow. by the agency. Mm -hmm. And according to our industry, uh, it's the, uh, the huge rate. I do not know any agency that have created more couples than we do. And I think that's the reason is that we put uh, being honest into the base of the process. We can afford ourselves to be honest because we there are only few agencies here in Belarus. And uh, uh, so this is interesting for me, just one thing, because yeah. I used to be a competition lawyer, right? So normally we're very pro competition, have as many, get rid of oligopolies and monopolies uh, because then it gives uh, you more choice, of course, uh, in terms of options. But this is very interesting as a counter argument that uh, because the competitive nature of marriage agencies and how does that work in Ukraine? What, what, why the reason are they so dishonest? Not, for, for, not just because they can get away with it, but yeah, yes. For example, how it uh, how it works in Ukraine. For example, I I have somehow for uh, in Ukraine. For example, there are almost one thousand of agencies. I think mm -hmm. this is close to be true, but nobody can count them because they. Most of them are like, uh, I have 10 girlfriends, uh, let's be, be a marriage agency. Yeah. <laughs> I will make money out of you. Because you don't need a license, so that's the first thing. So you can just set one up tomorrow with yeah. a website. Yeah, so you can set it up immediately and start to get money. But uh, if you want to attract somebody, you need to make good photos, better photos the best photos and then it comes to extreme photoshopping uh, when you will never recognize uh, the ladies so for example we can afford ourselves to accept the photos that the lady uh, brings uh, by herself to the agency i can afford myself to say your photos are not good uh, go to change the photos or i will close your profile but and I can uh, say to the lady, your photos are too good. I mean, uh, too photoshopped. Yep. You cannot uh, be recognizable. And of course, I do that because uh, the meetings takes place here at the office, and I see the real lady how she comes to the meeting, and it's important for me to that she looks like the uh, how she is on the website. Uh, and well, this is a problem in general yeah. with like Instagram <laughs> and every Photoshop and whatnot. Even now, there's filters for the videos. So, actually, seeing what the girl or woman looks like um, in reality is often misrepresented, of course, on all social media and in particular on dating sites. So, if you see something that's extremely Photoshopped, you basically tell them this thing, send me a realistic photo. So, I can yeah. imagine why the Ukrainian agencies they have to pay to the ladies. Because uh, if one agency starts to pay to go to pay to the lady to go to every meeting organized, uh, then uh, the other agency also has nothing to do but to pay to the ladies to come to the meetings. And the lady can select this agency pays me like uh, 10 euro per meeting, this agency 
pays me like 20 euro per meeting and she can select the right agency. So these and, are scammers? Yeah, I'm speaking about this scammer, mm -hmm. how they, uh, why it is so in Ukraine. I cannot say that Ukrainian girls are bad. No, they are not. But the all situation, all extreme comp competition between the agencies, it leads to that. And even, for example, when here in Minsk, uh, I communicated with decent uh, agencies, the best agencies in Ukraine, uh, I understood that in comparison to us, they are already scammers. Yeah. So that's the difference between how Belarusian agencies uh, act and how Ukrainian agencies act. That's why it's um, I uh, can tell come to Belarus because it's easier to find an honest agency than to come to Ukraine and then you will see 1000 agencies and it's almost impossible to find the right ones. Exactly, if you have to filter through, this is sometimes the disadvantage of having a lot of choice. Right? We talk about communism versus capitalism and communism you have two two options whilst in capitalism you have maybe a thousand but the problem is then you have to figure out which is the best of the 1000 right it complicates your life a lot and obviously if you uh, don't have in particular a recommendation for someone to direct you towards the couple of honest agencies in Ukraine then very likely you're going to end up in a scammer agency yeah. and especially if you're being naive that you go with the photoshop photos and everything seems to do good to be true when you get um, there was one uh, company that asked me to sign up they wanted to collaborate and uh, I said okay set up a profile for me I got literally hundreds because they, they left on the um, the automatic email notification for every message mm -hmm. by default when they created my profile so my profile had no photos it just had what they assumed was my age mm -hmm. and that's in my, my first name <laughs> and I got hundreds of email notifications within one day I was just, my whole inbox was jammed with I was like Obviously, no one wrote me a real email of interest based on my first name and my presumed age. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the whole thing is a scam, right? So uh, I can empathize um, with guys that uh, if you're, if you, you have to be sensible about, about these things. If you get a long message to someone who's just looking at your profile, it's, it's not, so it's, it's not realistic. So these are these are red flags. Watch out for. So basically, the situation in Ukraine is uh, very. Well, basically, you can get away with being a scammer agency. The, the, nothing really happens if you scam someone, right? And I actually noticed that on some of these sites now, they actually put, because I'm a, a lawyer, uh, I looked at the terms and conditions. And actually, the terms and conditions, it basically says, uh, you are aware that this might not be real. They, they phrased it in some way that basically said, you know that this, is a, this could possibly be a scam. So they even try to cover themselves in the terms and conditions of the site uh, because some of them are actually also registered outside of Ukraine. So they're probably worried about litigation in the US. But they even write in the terms and conditions, this is a scam. And you click that when you sign up. Um, so that's, that's absolutely crazy, right? So that's the situation. So the first thing in Ukraine, you can basically get away with being dishonest. Uh, that's the first big difference. And the second one, that's both on the agency side and the girls who participate as scammers. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is actually the competitive pressure in Ukraine. If you try to run an honest agency, you use real photos, you don't pay some wannabe models to show up for the 20 bucks uh, every meeting to make money out of it, then basically you won't get any clients because the com yeah. competition, you know, guys are visual, we're visual. So we see, boom, 
pretty girl, pretty girl, pretty, pretty girl. And then you have the honest agency and they have maybe only photos of women and then they just don't go to those agencies because yeah, it's not attractive. Honest agency, they cannot survive in Ukraine. It's very, very, very difficult. Exactly. It's very hard. Um, in, if you're going to be honest in Ukraine in that competitive environment where so the, the first issue there is of course that the scam agents get away with it. If they didn't get away with it, uh, then they would be closed down like they were in Belarus um, about 20 years ago, right? It's actually over 20 years ago. No, it was 2000, uh, 2005. 2005, 15, 15 years ago. 15, 15 years, years ago, ago, the government yes. closed down the scammer sites here. And then you see what happens. Then you're left with a few honest ones. You're left with a few honest agencies. Uh, so that's interesting. I think that's a pretty good summary for you about uh, why Belarus is the better country if you're going to take this option of using a marriage agency. Of course, as I said, I worked, I did some previous collaborations with honest agencies in Ukraine, even though they were pretty hard to find. And I normally receive some sort of solicitation from a very dodgy scammer website or agency from Ukraine, like at least every few weeks, if not every week. Uh, which obviously I, I love opening up the website or asking them a direct question, how do you monetize, how do you make money? And they're like, yeah, we charge description. And so basically it always comes down to we charge to communicate and then mm -hmm. boom, I don't need to talk to these people anymore. It's obviously a scam straight away. Um, as I said, I'm going to link down below the previous videos I did with the, the couple of honest, the, the rare gems of honest uh, sites in Ukraine. Also, I'm going to put a link to Galina's um, website down below in the description lady from Belarus just go and click on it there and you can go and check out their their site and I don't know is there anything else to say I'm actually going to go for the weekend to Viptipsk <laughs> have you got any tips you know, if you're going to see a travel from Viptipsk if I actually get on the train tomorrow and go and check it out it's a city in the east of uh, Belarus close to the Russian border that um, Mark Chagall the famous artist is on the there. north of Belarus no well, it's north, yeah, yeah north, <laughs> northeast. It's going to go do that. Spasibo uh, Bolshoi. And? It was nice to see you in Minsk. Yes, finally. Because as I said at the top of the video, uh, Galina actually wrote to me, really, when I was about to go and film that and vlog. And guess vlog. how old are you? You did? Do you want to say it in camera? <laughs> she doesn't want it because I, I guess also how old she is. So <laughs> we'll keep that a secret. So, yeah. Zabalarus. Experience.